All right. Good morning, everyone. Good morning. 8 a.m. right now. Another episode of the Third Degree Podcast. And man, it's a crazy day. Uh, I don't know where you guys are. I'm in New Jersey and it's a snow day today. Not only did it snow all night, we got about, I'll say, eight inches by now. Maybe more, but it's still snowing nonstop. So we're going to be stuck in the house today. I'm not going anywhere. Not to mention it's the 1st of February, Black History Month. It's among us. So it's only right that we support black excellence and promote black excellence, which we'll be doing all month on this podcast. And today, uh, man, I have a really cool topic. I've been, I, you know, couldn't wait to record this episode. My my girlfriend told me my podcast was a little boring. I got to pick up the energy. Like, I, like the content was good, but it was slow moving. So we're going to pick it up today. We're going to jump right into it, guys. Once again, Art Morrison III, your host of the Third Degree Podcast. Don't forget to shoot us a follow at the Third Degree. No, 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 no. My bad. At Third Degree Podcast. There's no the. <laughs> I literally spent like 20 minutes going through every episode, changing it in the description because I put it wrong in the description. So it's at Third Degree Podcast on Instagram. Shoot us a follow. Going to be posting some really cool content on there. A little bit of it is up already. Some clips from the episode you can share with friends, some of our hottest clips. Uh, but yeah, yo, today's episode, man, let's, let's talk this car rental business, man. Let's talk how you can make some extra cash every month toward your car payment or toward whatever, depending on what car you have. Uh, leveraging something we've been doing all 2020 and this fir- first month of 2021 uh, using what's called the Turo app, T-U-R-O, Turo. It's literally the Airbnb, but for cars. So it's like car rentals. But as you can imagine, it comes with a lot of a lot of little caveats that, that you know, you got to get used to, some learning curves you got to get used to because, you know, it's cars. Cars are ultimately or have been known uh, now, you know, we're treating them like assets, leveraging this app, which we'll get to in a little bit. But cars are notably known as liabilities, meaning you buy a car, it's worth a certain amount, and it literally goes down in value every single year. It doesn't ne- necessarily make you money. There are ways you can have the car make you money, which we'll go over quickly before we tap into the turtle thing. But ultimately, cars have been known as, you know, a liability. Sorry, I had to take a sip of water. It's early, y'all. Still got cotton mouth. So, uh, last year, yep, January last year. So, I I bought my first Mercedes-Benz back in 2016. It was a 2014 E350. Beautiful car. Still probably the best quality car that we have. Like, I don't know what it was about that year, but it was such a well-made car. And it honestly propelled me into true entrepreneurship and true adulthood and true like financial understanding. So let's go back a little bit. I, I Before I bought this Mercedes-Benz, when I got out of college, I had a car that, that my brother had, like my family had. He had got it off an of auction a couple of years. So it was like paid off. He gave it to me. Um, and after having it my whole senior year of college and a little tiny bit after, I think I was literally moving home from college. It broke down on the highway and, you know, we let it go. I think the transmission went. Um, which wasn't a big deal because I was going to Europe to play basketball. So I had no car for a split second, and I head over to Europe and played some basketball. I came back, had no car. How was I going to get a job? Um, You know, all the typical issues. That would be a whole nother episode, right? Like 
playing professional basketball overseas, being the man over there and coming home and having to start from scratch. But anyway, so I go to get a car, me and my dad go. This is like around his birthday. I think we actually purchased it on his birthday or the first time we went. But yeah, it was October 11th, my dad's birthday. Uh, if you guys don't know my dad, he spent a lot of my life in prison. So this was like the first step of my dad and I like really getting close. So uh, he comes with me and he co-signs for the car. So my dad got bad credit. I got worse credit. So I, I don't know anything about buying a car. So I purchased this car. All the cars that I wanted, I'm, I'm, I'm home doing the calculations on a car payment, how much I can afford. So I go in with certain cars. It was at a Nissan dealership. So I, like I wanted a Nissan Maxima because I could fit in it. The big issue was me and my long legs. I'm six seven, and I wanted to fit in this car. So Nissan Maxima was really what we went for. Um, we could afford it, like traditionally, but what you know what happened next is what I, I didn't understand. So we we pull up this used Nissan Maxima for like thirty grand. It's like one or two years old, but it was like maxed out. Like had the shades in the back, navigation, whatever. This mind you, this is in this is in twenty fourteen right now. So, um, they try to do the financing, and they're coming back like, "Yo, this you gonna have to put X amount down." Like, yo, just talking crazy. You know how the car dealership is? They talking crazy numbers. I'm like, "What?" Like, wait, wait, no, 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 no. The ad said <laughs> I gotta put this much down, or you know, the sticker said the payment go. On cars.com, the payment said it was going to be, you know, so that was the energy I was on. But what I didn't understand was interest rate. So because of my credit and even with my dad co-signing, they somehow get me in this car. And, yeah, a lot of y'all not. This is a real story. I'll show you paperwork maybe on the Instagram page. My interest rate was 28.9%. I think 29% was like legal extortion. So meaning it was illegal in Jersey and New York. So I was 0.1% off. So they charged me the max interest rate they could possibly charge me. I didn't know. I just thought buying a car was expensive. So when they came back, like, hey, you can't get the Nissan Maxima because it's $30,000. But we got this $16,000 Ford Fusion 2012 that we think would be great. And they pull it up, and it has everything I need. A sunroof, Bluetooth, a CD player, and it didn't have a reverse camera or navigation. But what it did have was like this little reverse camera like in the corner that somebody self-installed. Weirdest thing. Um, but I'm like, all right, cool. As long as I got Bluetooth, bro, and like it's safe, I can kind of fit in it. At that point, I was at the car dealership for like 10 hours, so I was just ready to go. So we grabbed this 2016. They run the numbers. And they come back like, all right, your payment's going to be $582 a month. I was like, what? Bro. On a $16,000 card, they're like, oh, yeah, you know, interest rate. I mean, if you want to put more down. Um, but they didn't really say interest rate. Like, they didn't really break that down to me. They were just like, yo, that's all we could do with your with your credit. That's what it kept saying. Like, with your credit, that's all we could do. I'm like, what do you mean? Like, okay, so the payment's higher. That means the term is lower. Like, I don't know. But let's get out of here. Like, I need the car. I can't not have a car. Like, I couldn't walk away and be like, nah, because I had to work. I had to make money. I had to make moves. I had to get to trainings. I had to prepare to go back overseas and play. So we buy this car. Um, two months later, actually, my dad ended up passing away on um, January 30th. So today's February 1st. So it's actually the six-year anniversary that my dad passed. So RIP, and it's probably fitting that I do this episode. But So I'm paying 582 for this Ford Fusion, and I get to hustling. This is when I started my business. 
uh, in December, I, I started my youth basketball organization, the first business I ever started, um, which you guys know is also six years old uh, right now. Or is it seven? Nope, six years old. Yep, six years old. Um, no, it's seven. Dang. My oldest business is seven years old. So my oldest business is seven years old. I start this business. I start killing this car, man, going up and down the highway, coaching as much as I can, training as much as I can, um, not only training myself to maybe go back and play overseas, but also, like, training kids. So this is, like, where my business starts to grow. And I, you know, I start making a good amount of money because I was doing everything myself. So I was doing social media. And this is before social media was what it was today. Like, you, there wasn't highlights and stories and all of that. I think the stories came a little bit later, but it was like, yo, all you needed was just post. Like, it was just like that raw, that raw prime of Instagram, like, between 2014 and 2016, 17-ish. Like, it wasn't all fancy and, like, borders on your videos, professionally shot videos, influencers with, like, $3,000 cameras. Nah, it was straight up, like, iPhone or Android. Get it in, post a lot, and people will like you, right? Follow people, they'll follow you back. Mad simple. So I was doing that. I was doing my own email marketing. I was doing my own branding. I was coaching the teams. I was the admin of the teams. So I was making a good amount of money and keeping it all. And I found myself still like struggling. Like I had an apartment with my best friend paying like 500 bucks a month at this apartment. So, you know, if you add that and the car payment, it was like that's basically rent in New Jersey. Like really less though. That was only 1100 I had my phone bill, right? So you had 1200 So my monthly expenses... I thought we're low. I'm like, man, my rent is cheap because, you know, it's less than my car payment. Like, I, I still had no idea. So I'm driving this car happily. And then my best friend had bought the same car, but he bought a 2015 when I had a 2012. And his car payment was 100 bucks less than mine. And I was like, wait, this don't make sense. So that's when I started researching and shopping for cars. Because by this time, my back is hurting, my legs. I got like a hamstring issue because the car is small. Again, I'm 6'7", guys. I was in a Ford Fusion. So I started shopping again. I started looking around. And this is when I first decided, wait, I see people driving luxury cars, nice cars, for $200 a month less than what I'm paying for my car. Something's not right. And that's when I start shopping for cars. I go to the car dealership. They look at my paperwork. They look at my old car. And they're like, yo. You got a 28.9% interest rate on this thing. You're never going to get out of this. You're going to be upside down forever. You're going to be paying on this literally forever. Like, you're, you're like, you know what I mean? Like, if, if you ever refinance, I got Like, you're going to, this car payment is forever, bro. This is terrible. So, actually end up like, <laughs> I end up just like leaving the car. Like, I called the bank like, yo, I don't want it no more. Come get it. Voluntary repossession is called. So I did a voluntary repo. I'm getting to the Turo part. I just feel like this context is important because it really made me understand about cars and understand like the numbers and the business behind cars and that like we put so much weight on them and how you know uh, how well kept they are and I, like they're literally like one big iPhone with like a terrible lease program. But anyway, so I, I get rid of um I get rid of the car and I go to the car dealership with a friend. And um, she's not understand like like so she understood the situation. But long story short, I ended up putting the car in her name. Like so, she co-signed for me. 
Um, and I was on it as well, so it would help build my credit up. My credit was doing much better than when I had brought the first car. So we ended up getting a 4.4. No. Yeah, something like that. Like a 4.4 interest rate on my first Mercedes-Benz, the car I was talking about in the first place, 2014. My car payment was $150 less, like $420 a month. $421 was my car payment on a Mercedes-Benz, which at the time was like two years old. Nice car. Like everything about it was beautiful. I remember driving home. Bought it in New York. I remember driving home and I just couldn't believe it. I'm like, yo, like this is really my car. Like I have this car. And I put like $2,000 down. I didn't even put a lot of money down. And what bugged me out, I think I put $4,000 down actually. But what bugged me out was like, I'm driving home. I got all these bells and whistles. I got navigation. The car feels more quality. It's leather. I just couldn't believe it. But I was paying $150 less. So like I would get this overwhelming feeling of not being able to believe it and also not like feeling responsible because I just went and bought a Mercedes before I owned a house, right? But then at the same time, I was like, well, yo, wait, no, I've just been paying $150 a month more on a stupid Ford Fusion. Like, like was that irresponsible? You know what I'm saying? Like, you got to do what you got to do. So after months of, like, finally chalking it up, I, um, you know, life essentially got better, right? Like, my car payment was less. Like, my, my, you know what I mean? Like, my, my monthly expenses were less. My business grew. And life was good. And I was really an entrepreneur. I drove a nice car and I had my own business. Look at me. I'm an entrepreneur. So two years later, some hardships hit. I started moving around a little bit. My basketball company ran me dry. I was coaching like 12 teams. So now I'm like exhausted. I hate coaching. I'm trying to figure out other endeavors to hop into. And, you know, we start getting cash starts getting tight because I'm trying to pull away from basketball. I, I can't coach 12 teams to make my money anymore. Like I got to scale. I got to hire people. And, you know, so I was profiting less money from that business. So that's when I come across this Turo app. Now, I forget how I learned about the Turo app. Oh, nope. I remember when I went to L.A. in 2016, um, I was Ubering. Um, I was a big fan of Uber because when I was when I had no car, obviously, and I was in these cities for these basketball games and trainings and whatever. I would Uber and it'd be like six bucks to get here and there. And I'm like, oh, this is awesome. But when we went to L.A., my friend who I went with rented a car and like he literally at the airport went to like a parking spot, walked up to this car, typed in a passcode to get in the car and drove off. And he's like, yeah, I rented it on this app Turo, bro. Like the car was like 20 bucks a day. Yada, yada, yada. That's when I got first introduced to it. So for you guys who don't know, Turo is a mobile app. It's a car rental app platform, very similar to Airbnb. You take pictures of your car. You tell people about it. You put rules about your car, right? You add whatever fees and stuff you you need, and then you rent it out. And before COVID, you know, when someone rented it, you would meet them, explain to them how the car worked, how you started it, all that, uh, how you properly drove it, any quirks or weird things with the car. Like if you have a Tesla or something, you got to, you know, there's a lot to explain. And then um, you hand over the keys and they're on their way. And then they return it. You take more pictures to make sure that it's the same condition. And, you know, it's under the mileage that they're required to stay under during their trip. They returned it with the right gas amount, and then they bounce. And you got your car back, and you continue to rent, or you drive it, or whatever. So when hard times hit, I put my Mercedes on this app. And it does pretty well. It definitely helps out. I was getting trips. I was living in Florida, South Florida at the time. So I was getting trips. You know, I was making 120 bucks a day. Um for for trips, so if somebody you know rented it for a weekend, 
you make a nice 300 bucks. It was lovely. I'm like, oh, this is great. Uh, you know, like extra money. That's like a whole paycheck if you work in a retail job. At the time, I was working at like the Apple store or something, trying to trying to stay afloat. I was trying to get my business started down in South Florida. So I was just trying to figure it out. So um, that was my first experience with it. Fast forward, I moved to Atlanta. Now I got my lady with me. She has her own car. Atlanta is a metro area. We were Ubering a lot. Cars were sitting collecting dust in the parking garage of our apartment. So we did Turo again. Once again, started making now with two cars. Started making an easy, I'll say, man, like $600 to $900 a month. But we weren't calculating it like, oh, like it's covering our car payment. Or, oh, this is like extra income. It just was like, whatever, throw the cars on Turo. Oh, somebody rented the car. Like, make sure it's set up. And, you know, I don't know, rent, make some money, keep it moving. What ended up happening was we were so busy that, like, we couldn't even really sustain the the tarot business. So this is when we decided, this is the part you guys are all waiting for, we decided, yo, let's do a full-blown car rental business. This is dope. Let's do it. We actually even, because we were traveling back and forth from Atlanta to Jersey, so we even Airbnb'd our apartment and made, like, a 1000 bucks in a week which is crazy. I can't wait to Airbnb again. But then we got shut down because our apartment complex didn't allow Airbnbs. So you know, there was that. It was short-lived. We lasted one week. But that was around the same time we said, yo, let, let's let's go hard at this Turo thing. Like we can Uber or whatever or walk. Like we live in the city. Let's go hard on this Turo thing. And in Atlanta, like people are always traveling in. It's a very popular city for travel. People always need cars. So we go online. We go on YouTube. My favorite online school, YouTube University. And we start YouTubing and Googling about Turo. What cars are the most popular? Um, how do you Turo without having to be there? That was huge. And basically in the videos, we learned this. This is the part you guys are waiting for. So in Turo, there's a specific message you have to put in the instructions to alert the renter that there's a, um, you know, there's a, this is going to be a remote transaction. So this ended up in the future becoming super popular with COVID. And that's when our business blew up. But I'll get there in a second. For now, um, we just needed to make sure that we didn't have to be there when there was a trip. And I could just leave the car somewhere and not have to be bothered because I was so busy. So what's really cool is you can buy these lock boxes off Amazon. It's literally a vehicle lock box and it slides on the window. So you slide it on the window and then you roll the window all the way up. So the lockbox is secured by, you know, the window taking it up into the door. So it's not like hanging over the door or whatever. It's like literally fastened onto the window. And then you put the key inside of this protective pouch. There's like a pouch that blocks IR signal, which is like what you use your TV remote for. It blocks that because that's what starts and unlocks the car. So if you put the key right in the box, they can still drive the car or a thief can get into the car easily because, you know, it's push to start or like keyless go it's called in the bend so you can unlock the car door if the key is just near so you put it in this pouch we had to purchase the pouch off amazon we learned that on youtube too and then you put the pouch inside the lock box and you lock it really easy you leave instructions with your with your renter or you can type them out every time but we had canned instructions in the rental listing um and then you 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 basically verify the um the renter's ident uh, identification or ID. So they got to submit a picture of ID to make sure that it's the renter. So they don't like, like I rent a car and then, you know, 
like have somebody else pick it up for I rent it for someone, which is, as you can imagine, very popular for people who don't want to show their ID or like criminals, people with a history, people with a bad driving record or no license at all. Right. So. Um, so, yeah, you put the key in the lockbox and boom, you're ready to go. So they're renting your car now. We were doing that for a little while with two cars. We were making a good amount of money. Then we ended up moving back to New Jersey. We moved back to New Jersey. And things immediately get rolling with our business because I'm back in Jersey. This is where my network is. And we don't tour for a little while because we really need the cars. I think we ended up selling my girl's car. So they um we were sharing a car too. So like time was doubled up. So we took a couple months off from Turo. Um, when it was time to buy her a car, that's when it got lit again. So I'm saying to her, like, yo, this car's too small. Like, I, I definitely need an SUV. I feel like I got taller. My back hurts. My leg hurts. I've seen this before. Time for a new car. But she really wanted a car, and she deserved it because, you know, she had sold her car, and she quit her job. We started going into business together. She was working real hard with the company. So she wanted – she's always wanted a Mercedes, too. And she's small, so she can get one of the smaller Mercedes that was less expensive. So we go to the dealership. We end up getting her, her Mercedes. This still wasn't a big deal. Like, okay, you got a Mercedes. I got a Mercedes. But, yo, I still need one more. Can we afford three Mercedes right now? Like, it's crunch time. Our business is just just back going. Can we afford it? And then the light bulb goes off. Bing. Okay. We definitely can afford it. Because do you remember that thing called Turo that we were doing in Atlanta and a little bit in South Florida? So, we said, well, look, if we both get new cars and we got the old one, we have this rotation of three cars that were satisfied driving all three because, I mean, they're nice, right? They're Mercedes. So let's start a business around this. We know we can start businesses. We got two businesses now. We got a real estate business and we have our youth basketball organization. So like, what is the third business going to hurt? We know we can do it. We know we can brand it. Let's start a business. So we come up with this business called rent a Benz New Jersey. And if you go back on my Instagram page, my personal one, then you'll see, like, we talked about it a little bit. Um, we took it off Instagram and stopped branding it on Instagram because it was too much work and it was unnecessary, right? Like, we could make it a business all we want, but at the end of the day, we're just listing our cars on Turo. So um, and I'll, I'll get to how we got there. But so we ended up buying myself an SUV. We start this business called Renabens. We have a photo shoot and everything, and we put the cars on full time. One month after we buy three or two Mercedes Benzes, owning three, we have three car payments, coronavirus hits. And the pandemic is crushing everyone. Um, we had to shut down our youth basketball organization, which is a large sum of our income. And I'm not going to lie, we're a little bit worried. But what I didn't know was that with more time on our on their hands, people would be renting cars more. So people ended up renting um, our cars nonstop. And we had our three biggest months, May, June, July, our three biggest months. I mean, it's only 2021, but of the whole year, of the whole term that we've ever rented, rented the Mercedes. So we noticed in doing that, all of the flaws, like God did this on purpose to show us all of the pros and cons in a short period of time with Turo. Because if there had not been a pandemic, then, you know, we would have had like spotty trips here and there. We wouldn't be able to accept everything because we would have had stuff to do ourselves. So because we were confined to the house quarantining and we were renting these cars out, we got to do it full time. There was times where we had no car and we literally made our most profitable month was I'm going to actually pull up the numbers now. So for all of 2020, 
we made $15,000 on the year. Now, that's before we pay our car payments and stuff, but essentially we break even. So we had three Mercedes for free in 2020, for free, all because of Turo. So it's a great way to offset your offset your car payments. But if you look at, let me see, earnings. I'm in the app right now. 2020. Our biggest month was July, and we made $3,200 in one month. $3,200. Our car payments, insurance, and everything combined is like $1,700. So we literally almost made double our car payments in the month of July, which is huge. And that was the month where we realized almost all of the pros and cons of renting your car on Turo. So here they are. Pro number one, passive income. You can legit make, obviously, like I showed you, a great amount of money by renting your car on Turo, but doing nothing because we figured out how you can put the lockbox on it, send a message, and just chill. You can set up cameras for where the car is so you can see who picked it up and you know how the pickup went. Um, and then you can also see any damages that the car was returned with, not to mention the photos that you took to ensure that there was or was not damage, right? Con number one, damages. Sometimes people return the car damaged. So we learned, yo, pick our dream car, buy it, don't let nobody else drive it. That's our baby. But if you really want to run a turtle business, you got to scale it and treat it like an actual business. And if you're running it like a business and you don't necessarily care about the damages to the car, you charge it to the game, you inform the app, they reimburse you literally immediately. Like when you when you sub, uh, submit damage to a car on Turo, you send it, they review the images. If the images are in your favor, which they should be if you did your job and took pictures or hired someone to do the transaction and take pictures in between trips, then you know you have the proper documentation and they approve it. And the, literally that same day, they essentially cash app you the full amount of the damage. So like someone... Uh, rear-ended Kate's car or whatever. Her C-Clash is a C300. And the damage was pretty bad. So we submit the photos. They literally sent us $3,000 off the rip. We take it to the the body shop. The body shop says, okay, it's going to be 5000 because this and this and this. And they communicate directly with Turo, the app. And send Turo sends another 2000 just because the the... Um, I keep wanting to say dealership. The auto body shop says so. So they tell you to, they told Turo the damage, Turo sends the money. No questions asked. We had no issue with this at all. The only issue was obviously the care and concern for your vehicle. So because it was Kate's car that she literally bought that year, it was like very frustrating and annoying. So that made us realize um, that the damages were, you know, a con, but also a pro, but also a learning moment of, yo, get cars that you don't care about. Find cars, whether it's other people's cars, whether you buy cars that you specifically know rent well, which we'll get to in a second, or if it's just your old car. Like if that would have happened with my old Mercedes that like, you know, the original one that I told you guys about that I only had a $400 payment on, um, then it, it would have been like, okay, whatever. Like we got this car is just for Turo anyway. We just need the car payment to be paid so that we don't, you know, have extra car payments. We didn't plan on turning this thing into this huge business. Until we had this crazy month of July where we made over $3,000. So um, con number two. Con number two is that you don't have the cars 
all the time or, or often. And obviously, as you can imagine, the more popular times of people renting cars are weekends. So like if you have a dope car, you know, you want it on the weekends, especially if you work a nine to five. We don't. So it wasn't a big deal to us. But if you do, you want your nice car on the weekends. And that's most likely when people are renting it, um, which come to the pro of the app and the whole business. You can actually block out days. So like you don't have to rent it. You can decline trips when people rent it. We get a lot of trips because we allow people to just rent it. And like it's called, um, I forgot what the, what the term they use, but essentially it's like it's like a automatic or, or quick renting. Like they click rent and it's rented, right? There's no like approval process. Usually the app in default makes you like approve a trip. So boom, we got Turo. We know how to handle damages. We know how to run it without having to be there. And now we understand that we can't care about the cars. At this point, we don't care about the cars. And, you know, Turo's kind of running smooth, but then we run into another con, maintenance. So one thing you do got to take into account is that when you're renting your car out, especially if you have Mercedes, there's going to be times where, like, they need brakes or a tire or something goes wrong with the car. Like, my old car has over 100,000 miles now, the original E-Class. So, like, it's coming up on on issues. And that maintenance is going to obviously eat into the um, the profitability of the company or of your rental car business. So, you got to account for that. Maintenance, uh, the damages are like whatever to me. It really was the maintenance that started to kill us because it just so happened that every car needed service at the same time. Every car needs an oil change at the same time. 150 bucks for an oil change because it's a Mercedes, you're looking at 450 bucks. Two cars need brakes, and you're looking at 4,000 bucks, all because it's a Mercedes. So that pretty much brings us up to date of where we are now and everything that we've learned. So let me update you on where our Turo business is now. What we decided was, yo, this business can be crazy if we research two things. A, what cars are the most popular on Turo? And then B, what cars are the most profitable on Turo? What cars are the most popular and what cars are the most profitable? So popular and profitable are two different things because just a, because a car is popular doesn't mean that you're going to make the most profits. So let's say you put a Corvette. A Corvette is very popular on Turo. But a Corvette also has a higher car payment. So if you charge $200 a day to vet to rent your brand new Corvette, but your car payment is $800, or if you got, you know, like a, a good, good Corvette, then you might be paying $1,000, right? But let's say 800 bucks. That means if your car rents for four days, you get, um, you know, you, you break even on your car payment. But in order for you to profit, you know, you would have to rent it, let's say, eight days to double on, on your profit. You're not likely to double on your profit because although that car is the most popular, people don't rent it for multiple days. It's a car that people usually rent for one day because of the kind of car it is. What am I going to do with a Corvette for a week? Right? I'm not road tripping. I'll probably just go to Atlantic City and back with my girl. So because it's that kind of car. It is the most popular, meaning the most people rent it, but they don't rent it for the longest length of time. And because of the high car payment, it doesn't make the most money. 
Same thing goes for a Tesla Model X. $100,000 car. You can get $200 a day. Same thing. Your car payment is going to be about $1,000, though. And people who rent Teslas usually don't already drive Teslas um, unless they're visiting. But usually people who are visiting will take a more economic approach. Tesla drivers are more economic. They'll take a more economic approach when renting, and they'll rent a Prius or something. So if you were to rent out your Model X, it would be the most popular, meaning people leave the best ratings about it. They're most excited about it, but it's not the most profitable. So if you look at the most profitable, you'll see that there's like Ford Fiat, smart cars. Um, what were some other ones? Uh, if you go in the SUV range, Jeep Cherokee, Jeep Wranglers are popular. Uh, if you look in the sports car around uh, Corvette, isn't the most profitable. It's one of the most popular, but the most profitable is Ford Mustang, Chevy Camaro. So in doing this research, Kate and I decided, yo, we could scale this business. If we had five cars and each car made 500 bucks, that's an extra 2,500 a month. We have busted our butt for two years in the real estate game to make that much on rentals, buying buildings to make rentals, buying a car, is 10 times easier than buying a house. Buying five cars is 10 times easier than buying a house. So to make that same profit on a month to month basis, why don't we just buy five cars? Five cheap cars that we know, based on data, are proven to make us profits and are proven to rent often on the app. Now, this is phase two of our rental car business. So phase one was Buy cars that we like to drive so that when they're not rented, we can still enjoy the cars and we can still enjoy the luxury that we require because we're entrepreneurs and we literally work from 7 a.m. to midnight every single day. And when we're in our car, we want to enjoy it, right? We don't want a loud car. We don't want a car that takes long to heat up. We don't want a a car that feels every bump. We want a smooth ride that gets us to our destination. Um in a luxury fashion and sends a statement when we get there that we are about business because we are in a very expensive business of uh, real estate. So that was phase one. Phase two now is buy cars that we can use, but won't always use. Um, But we can keep multiple cars in rotation to now have a profitable and extremely profitable car rental business. I call this the intentional phase. This was the phase where we like said, yo, we want to do this to make money. Not we want to do this to, you know, afford our cars or to pay for the third car that we don't really want, our old car. This is like, yo, we really want to make money in this business. In phase three, which will probably be later this year, depending on how phase two goes, will be to buy cars that we could give a crap less about. We can get smart cars and fiats and cars that we know are cheap just for the sake of making money. Our plan right now in phase two is to get, you know, potential Model X, Jeep Wrangler, cars that I still fit in so that like if, you know what I mean, if I need to use it, I can. If I want to use it, I can. Chevy Camaro, cars that we can enjoy, right? So we're being intentional about that, all while still testing out to see if our area and demographic is welcoming to a big fleet of cars. Because like we can go out and buy 10 smart cars, and now I'm, I got 10 smart cars in a parking lot somewhere that like are eating my pocket because I didn't do the research or I didn't operate my business in phases. 
right? And, and, and steps to learn. So we're in phase two right now, and I can't wait to teach more on this. I'm probably going to start a course after we tap into phase th- three, or even at the beginning of phase three, once phase two works for us. Um, as of now, like even this morning, I got a notification. One of, one of my cars are rented. And, um, you know, I think we're going to make, uh, let me see, three-day trip. I think we're going to make like 200 bucks on one of the Mercedes. So, like, it's constant. Like, like there's been a rental pretty much every day of the month. So, it's constant income for your pockets if you, you know, have a strong stomach and don't care about when somebody maybe scuffed up one of your rims or, you know, left the car, brought the car back smelling like smoke. Now, mind you, you can apply rules like no smoking, bring the car back washed, blah, blah, blah. But at the end of the day, you can't control people. We tried to put these rules in. It always comes back smelling like smoke, whether it's cigarette smoke or weed smoke. People don't wash it sometimes. Sometimes people scuff it up or damage it, um, you know, tap something, dent the car, whatever. You just got to be prepared to fix it, mitigate it, get it washed, get rid of the smell, whatever. And then charge that person a fee to make yourself whole and keep renting again. The cool thing is that if you bought a car for $20,000 and you turn it for five years, you essentially did not pay a dime for that car the whole five years. The renters paid the payment. So when you sell it, any money that you make at the end of it is legitimately your profits, right? It's not like you making your money back. It's actually profits to you because you weren't paying the car payment. People running the car were, which is a whole nother topic of like how to purchase cars, you know, with a lot of equity, turn it, make your money back, sell it, make all the money you put down back, right? Like there's a whole journey here and a whole like financial lesson here. Um, Even like me paying a 28.9 interest rate, shoot, even a 10% interest rate is bad, right? So like there's ways around that. You can grow a turtle business, buying cars on business credit. You can build a trail business, buying cars in someone else's name that has good credit and gets a really good rate. So you can get a really low rate at 84 months. So your payments are lower. So you cash flow more and you split those profits with whoever you put the the cars, uh, whoever's name you put the cars in, right? You can use people who already have cars that they're not using and you can churl on, on their behalf and split the profits. So there's a ton of ways you can grow a fleet of cars in a business if you're just like, entrepreneur savvy have anywhere with all of like how business works right and how being the maestro or being you know the ceo being the boss pulling all the strings in order to make a dollar for the business that's all business is so with turo it made owning a car rental company extremely easy like we just partnered with my buddy who owns a car wash and like a, a car shop well, now we can store our cars there. It's closer to the airport. It's closer to the city. So now we can, you know, have a more hands-off approach. Got to pay him a fee to make sure the cars are clean and ready. But, like, it's worth it because it's less of a headache. And we're likely going to get more rentals all because of location. So, look, if you guys want to learn more about this topic, just DM the the Third Degree Instagram page at Third Degree Podcast. Um, let's talk about it. I can't wait to post about this because it's very popular these days. And with the pandemic and people having more time on their hands, it's a great opportunity for anyone to be an entrepreneur. 
Uh, I'm going to wrap this episode up today so I can get going with my Monday. Again, I'm Art Morrison III, your host. I hope you guys like this episode. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe everywhere. Um, and tell your friends about this podcast. We're only going to grow it bigger and bigger and come with bigger and better content. Peace and love. And I'm out. <laughs>